All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily on this Reaction Monday. Tommy Castor in for Jacob Albrock today. Paul Savage joins us. Jad Chambers producing your phone calls at 869-1240. Switching gears here in hour number two to talk some college football. We're going to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks on Senior Day coming up in our next segment. But we're going to kick off this hour with the Kansas State Wildcats, number 15 in America. They went into Morgantown and took down the West Virginia Mountaineers by a final score of 48 to 31. They're eight and three, Paul. They keep pace in their hunt for a Big 12 title. Uh, and the offensive explosion from this team that we saw in the first half on Saturday, 41 first half points for Kansas State. Uh, the, the fact that they were able to have that kind of production on the road in Morgantown, that's got to bode well as the, the Wildcats are in the hunt for a Big 12 title. Boy, it does. And and the ability to run the football, I'll tell you what, that is a football team so well coached on the offensive side of the football that it just, it's mind-blowing. I think they might, you know, so it's, there, there's a lot of good coaches in, in the Big 12. But I'm just going to tell you right now, in my opinion, the offensive coaching staff for Kansas State is shining as well as anybody in the entire league with what they can do because – who doesn't want to be able to run the football for, uh, uh, well? I, I mean, everybody does. That's like that's like that's like a goal. That's like that's like the gold standard. That's that's a tremendous advantage when you can run the football as well as K State's running the football. Their ability to seal the edge and get to the edge is probably uh, uh, there, there's nobody in the country, and I mean any of the leagues that can that can match Kansas State for their ability to sign the edge, seal the edge, and get to the edge. I mean, it's just, it's uncanny. You know they're going to do it. This is what they're going to run. These other teams know it's coming, and yet the defensive end still gets hooked, and around goes uh, Deuce or whoever it is. And, and it's just, it's amazing to me. This is an amazing, amazing football team. It's going to be interesting when they play TCU. What does TCU do well on defense? Seal the edge. I think it's going to be yeah. – that's one of the things. And they got linebackers that play downhill like a big dog. I'm telling you right now, TCU and K-State is going to be must television. Settle in with a few brewskis, put your feet up, and enjoy because that's going to be a game of, of the decade, the game of the decade for the Big 12. So even though you've got a few years on me, and I'm not going to say how many years you have on me, but oh, thank you you've got that. a few years on me. Um, both of us have been around this area for a long time, and we both know Kansas State. Um, obviously, the the legacy of Bill Snyder and what he built in Manhattan. Uh, I don't know if you share this sentiment with me, Paul, but I feel like the way that this Kansas State football team under Chris Kleiman plays offensively is – clearly different than what Bill Snyder did when he was in Manhattan. Uh, it, I don't necessarily know if it's better or worse, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to judge that, but I feel like it, it's become so effective, 
especially over the last several weeks offensively for Kansas State, that I'm with you when you when you talk about the offensive play callers and you've got Chris Kleiman, you've got Colin Klein and what they've done. I'm not sure I've seen Kansas State play this way offensively maybe ever before in my time here in Kansas. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't I don't know what you think about that, but that's kind of as I'm watching that game against West Virginia, I'm like, man, I, I don't recall seeing Kansas State play offensive football this way before. Well, you've got a you've got a good point. It's really interesting the way the way you're you're mentioning that because Bill Snyder, over the years, he built a foundation of this is what you do on defense, this is what you do on defense on offense, and and really it's cool. I mean, he was true to himself, true to uh, coaching things in a certain way. There are certain things on defense that this is this is who we are, and this is what we do. For for instance. There's never been in the state of Kansas that I'm aware of a bigger gap control type uh, defensive uh, guy than, than than Bill Snyder. This is what we do. Every gap's going to be controlled. We're going line, to line up right. This is what we're going to do. But he would he would develop to his personnel to a certain extent, and without giving up what they actually believe in. But he would he had a great ability to to say, well, this is this player's strengths. This is his weaknesses. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him in a position, and we're going to tweak what we do in order to make him more successful. Nobody's better than that, Bill Snyder, over the last 30 years, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, with that being said, Chris Kleiman also knows what do we do best? What do we want to do? You know, the ability to run the football changes everything. When you're, when you're a, a defensive uh, football team getting ready to play a team like K-State, a team that can run the football usually can also throw the football. It makes the, throwing the football easier when you can run the football. I really like Kansas State right now because they can win games just running the football. There will be teams that they have beaten, or there are teams they have beaten by their ability to run the football. Uh, but to compare Kleiman and Bill Snyder is a little unfair in a way because their, 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 their mode operandi is a little different from each other. I mean, what they do, what their core is, is a little different from each other. But I'll tell you what, the fact that you're mentioning Kleiman in a conversation with Snyder, man, it doesn't get any better than that if you're if you're Chris Kleiman. You know, I'm being compared to Bill Snyder? Really? Guys, thank you. I mean, that's the way I look at it, Tommy. Well, look, uh, I, I've said it multiple times on this show, uh, especially early in the season, that, you know, you mentioned the MO for Kansas State. And I always thought, even with Chris Kleiman, that the MO was run the football extremely well and play lockdown solid defense. And that that is that that's a priority. Those are two priorities for Chris Kleiman. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that they've got the quarterback in Will Howard now that can air the ball out and they've got playmakers at the receiver position that can pull these catches in like Malik Knowles, who had six receptions, 111 yards and a touchdown. Uh, ben Sennett at tight end, Phillip Brooks. I mean, they've got these guys that are playmakers. Uh, that changes the game entirely because you're a you're a complete offensive football team at that point. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I recognize that I recognize offensively what this program is building. And make no mistake about it, Paul. I know you were watching TCU and your Baylor Bears on Saturday. I, I know was. that's a probably a, a tough topic for you to bring up. Well, I'm, uh, but is. TCU is beatable. They might be undefeated, but they're beatable. Uh, and so you put Kansas State 
and TCU on a neutral field, I'm not so sure that TCU is an automatic lock to win that game. It took a a sprint on the field as time is running out field goal from TCU to beat Baylor. They're a beatable football team. Well, they are, and and there's been several teams that have come close to it, but the sign of a good football team, I mean a really good football team, is to win those games. And the yeah. fact that they were able to run out a, a, a field goal uh, team, and I'm talking 20 seconds. Do you think is that what – I can't remember exactly yeah, what it which, was. Which, by it, the way, I don't know what in the world – Sonny Dykes and TCU, what they were calling there, yeah, running plays crazy. with no with no timeouts left. I mean, yeah. that, come on, like that was insane. The fact that they they pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat like that, yeah, I mean that is the mark of a team that absolutely should be in the college football playoff and is one of the top teams in America and undefeated and and all of that. What I'm saying is they they're not they're not perfect. There are ways that you can beat them. Nobody's been able to do it. Kansas State, they were close. They got out to a big lead. Remember that the last time these two teams played uh, in the regular in the regular season, TCU won the game, but Kansas State got out to a large lead early. Uh, there's a recipe to beat Baylor. Nobody's been or to beat TCU. Nobody's been able to get it from start to finish up until this point. And I think a Big 12 title game, assuming Kansas State can get in there. They've got just as good of a chance as anybody to knock down TCU. Well, they do, uh, and, and particularly the way they're playing right now. I mean, their ability to run the football. And it's going to be a battle of wills in, in certain areas of the game of football within the side the game of football. And it's going, to be, it's going to be fun to see. Now, TCU, I still give a lot of credit. I mean, I've been touting their wide receivers uh, since the start of the season. Uh, and they really have a lot. And, and now quarterback play has come along, and, and Dugan is a tremendous quarterback. I really like him a lot, and he's matured a lot through the course of this season. They're a team that, quite frankly, is, is going to be tough to beat if uh, you're K-State and you get into that game. I, I'll tell you what, I've got to figure out how I would handle that, but, boy, I'll tell you what, if K-State can run the football, that may not that may be a game that's not even close. If K-State well, I'll tell can you run right. the football, now, control Paul, the football, keep, keep Quint, TCU Quint off the Johnson, field. Quinton Johnson is going to be a star on Sundays. Uh, that guy, that receiver for TCU, is incredible. Uh, and so that's got to be – I mean, I don't, I don't care uh, who TCU plays um, – Whoever that defense is, you can be one of the best defenses in the country, and I I would argue that Kansas State is up there. Um, you got to throw. I, I guess you got to throw what two or three different guys show different looks on Quentin Johnson to try to shut him down. But that kid is elite. Right, right. Well, the most important player on the football field, in my opinion, when TCU and K State play, will be uh, will be uh, Will uh, oh, Will um, Will Howard. Will Howard. I mean, that's going to be the most important football player on on the field. How does he play? Does he perform like we've seen him play? Does he step up and, and do the things he needs to do? I think K-State's going to have moderate success running the football, but enough success to, to enable, you know, Will Howard to be able to do this thing, do what he needs to do, take care of business, you know, execute what he needs. I think K-State at that point would then have time to be able to throw the football uh, because uh, – that is going to be be the key is, is Will Howard. Now, I mean, boy, am I breaking news, Tommy. I am breaking news. <laughs> I have just made the comment that a quarterback's going to be, be be real important. Well, with look, regard, look, but, but but you get my yeah. point with with the, yeah. with K State's ability. 
The number one thing for K-State, well, can they run the football against TCU? That's number one. Do that, you can be successful. Yeah, and and uh, Jacob and I talked about it all all last week about how Will Howard has developed from last year to this season uh, as uh, just a, a, a solid quarterback, and he has the chance next season it looks like this team is going to be his next season to where he can develop even further. And I think he's got the size. He's got the, um, the talent, the, the ability, if he can develop, I think he can be one of the best quarterbacks in America next season. And we all know what Chris Kleiman does with quarterbacks. And there's, I think a chance, and I, I'm probably getting way too he- ahead of myself here, but I think there's a chance that we could see Will Howard on Sundays, uh, depending on Whoa. how things wow. pan out for him next season. I mean, come on. I mean, what? look at what Chris Kleiman did with Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. Look at what, what Chris Kleiman did with Skylar Thompson a year ago. I'm not sure anybody really thought Skylar Thompson would be an NFL caliber quarterback. He's on the roster of the Miami Dolphins right now. I think that there is a, a an opportunity for Will Howard if he can continue to develop during this offseason and into next year where we could potentially see him on an NFL roster. And I think that it's so it's it's incredible to me that this Wildcats team we're talking about with the potential to play for a Big 12 title. They're 15th in America. They have the ability or the, the chance to play in a high profile bowl game this year and all that has happened is they've basically lost their starting quarterback in Adrian Martinez, and they're still in the position that they're in right now. And I would even argue, Paul, that this team, from an offensive point of view, performs better with Will Howard on the field than with Adrian Martinez. So I feel like it's almost even an upgrade for the Wildcats offense that they have Will Howard instead of a banged-up Adrian Martinez. Yeah, thank you, Adrian Martinez, for having confidence in, in Kansas State. And coming to Kansas State, thank you very much. We appreciated your help. You've been very helpful. But this is now not your team. This is now Will Howard's team. You know something? That's just the way it is. Now, you know, I think that you're looking at at Will Howard and, and projecting him into the NFL. That's still a little bit of a stretch, my friend. That is still, you know, there's a there's a there's a road to go still with regards to him being that guy. And Skylar Thompson, I'm stunned. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm stunned. I'm stunned he's in the NFL. I'm stunned he's stuck. I'm stunned almost that he got there. But with that being said, uh, crazier things have happened with with uh, uh, with Will Howard. So yes, the, 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 I can see what you're saying there. Uh, and so uh, I think it's exciting for Kansas State because you know the projection that I saw in the over the weekend. Let me let me refresh my memory to myself. I believe most people are talking about a Sugar Bowl. If things play out the way they're capable of playing out, we're looking at Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. It's not a bad bowl. Yeah. That's not a no. bad bowl, Tommy. That's not a bad bowl to be in. Not not at all. I think my only question about this Wildcats team as we get into, and, and don't forget, we haven't even mentioned it yet, the Sunflower Showdown is this weekend, K-State and Kansas. Oh, and K-State oh, needs this win against the Jayhawks to guarantee their spot in the Big 12 title game. They they could also uh, get in with the Texas loss, but they'd much rather handle their business uh, uh, the way that they can. But let, let's not forget that they there have been moments in this season for the Wildcats with as good as their defense has been where they have 
they've been a little lax at times. They were lax in the first half against Texas and gave up a ton of points. They gave up, what, 25 points in the first half on Saturday against West Virginia before locking down in the second half. Uh, that's the only concern that I have with Kansas State is what happens if their defense doesn't show up in a half of football, whether it's in the Sunflower Showdown or more specifically in a bowl game or the Big 12 championship game against TCU. What happens if their defense doesn't show up for a half of football and the offense isn't able to keep pace. Now, credit to the Wildcats offense for putting up 41 points in the first half because it didn't ultimately matter that the defense gave up 25. Right. It didn't really matter. The offense was there. But what is, what's going to happen with this team if they don't have an elite defensive showing in a half of football? We've seen that before. Well, first of all, Kansas is done. I hate to say this, KU fans, and I, it, I, I get no joy out of saying this. What do you mean this. they're done? They're done. I, I they're going to a my, bowl game. I may, well, they're done in a in a in a in a mental type situation. I I made my way over because I couldn't get it on on my regular TV. So I made my way to an establishment so that I could partake of, of well, some adult beverages plus uh, a little bit of KU football. And I saw at least a half. I saw the second half of that game against Texas. Oh, it was dismal. It was it was as bad. Of, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of KU football two years ago. That's what the second half that I saw, I personally saw. That's what I saw with regards to Kansas. It was not pretty. It was, in fact, it was downright ugly. So you're giving KU a lot more credit than I think they deserve. I saw it. I mean, I saw I saw the whole second half of the KU Texas game. They were done, Tommy. They were done playing. They they were done. You know, you and you've seen that when that happens, it gets ugly. I'd, listen, Texas could have racked up more points, I believe, if they had really pressed the issue. But it was it was. I worry that all the good gains that KU made have been squandered, and I, and I don't mean squandered. Injuries have taken uh, taken their toll with particularly to to key positions on that offense. I get that. I understand that. But my goodness, you got to keep you got to keep the train on the rails, and you got to keep it going, and and figure things out. And right now, Kansas is not the team that we were talking about early in the season. Tommy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, buddy. I know you love I mean, KU. I'm sorry, <laughs> but they're done. Literally, I liked, they are I, finished. Now, can they can they can they make a comeback? Can they refocus? Well, that's the key of a good good uh, coaching staff. Get them re regrouped, get them refocused, get them repurposed. A new season starts today. I mean, th that sort of thing, and then maybe you can go. Know. But right now, KU is done. I liked you a lot better when you were complimenting me uh, in the first hour. If we could go back to that, uh, that would be that'd be incredible. I've got some thoughts on KU right. uh, and that that dud against Texas. We'll talk about that uh, after the break. And uh, so we've got all that coming up for you, talking about KU and Texas on Senior Day in Lawrence. But one thing's for sure: to wrap up the Wildcats talk, they are keeping pace, getting into the Big Twelve Championship game. It'll come down to this weekend's Sunflower Showdown. We'll talk about KU and Texas coming up after the break. Tommy Castor, Paul Savage, Jad Chambers producing It's Sports Daily on KFH. Stick around.
Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Reaction Monday on KFH. Your calls at 869-1240. Tommy Castor, Paul Savage, Chad Chambers producing today. Well, Paul, we got your thoughts on it before the break, and we're going to talk this next segment about the Kansas Jayhawks. Senior day in Lawrence on Saturday. The Texas Longhorns come into town, and it was a drubbing of the Jayhawks. It's the, the result that Jayhawks fans have not seen this season where they just get blown out and it happened at home inside David Booth Memorial Stadium and on senior day nonetheless final score 55 to 14 and I've got a lot to talk about not necessarily with this game but just with the program as a whole right now but I know that your thoughts Paul are pretty clear about the way that you feel like this program uh, is performing right now where you feel like the program is uh, after the great start to the season, the 5-0 and start, they're 1-5 and since. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you feel like they've lost a lot of that momentum. Well, you gave you used the word drubbing, and and I don't think that that was apropos. I think it was worse than drubbing. It was it was worse than that, if that's even possible. But, yeah, uh, it, it made me wonder. One of the things sitting there watching this particular game uh, in this establishment, sipping on a on an adult beverage, I thought to myself, I wonder what Wisconsin's thinking about right now. I wonder if the powers to be who are watching this game uh, from the University of Wisconsin, who are looking for a coach, by the way, who are uh, looking at, uh, I think, the deadline for all official, uh, you know, coaches to apply. I believe, I think I think I sent something to you on it. I may or may not have. Yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday. That deadline is Saturday. Saturday. That's the deadline. And I'll tell you right now, he's not going to Wisconsin. It's going to be Jim Leonard. Yeah, he's not now. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Well, I, don't, I, I don't think it was I, going to happen well, regardless. I don't know. That, that's just me. Okay. Well, I, I'm not sure. Well, but you're looking at things through rose-colored glasses, too. And okay. that's okay. No, I don't mind that. Good, good for you. I love your... KU rose-colored glasses. Uh, but here's the problem right now with, with that football team is that what we saw comes from a coaching staff that allows something like that to happen. And uh, right now, all the accolades that were given to, to Lance Leipold and his staff, uh, I thought were laid a little bare. And it's up to this staff. I'm going to tell you this right now. Great staffs, great coaches will get this thing righted. They will change the culture in one week, in one practice, thing, in one one team meeting maybe. But I'll tell you what, you you gotta you got to lay down the law. And maybe that means benching some guys that you didn't get great effort from. But listen, Texas scored 50-plus points. It could have scored 60-plus points just as easily. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there is, this is a crossroads. Gee, many Christmas. Is that even possible for a team that we were talking about in the top 20, uh, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Is that possible, Tommy? Is that even possible? It's not a – it's not a crossroads. It is. It's not. It's nowhere near a crossroads. This is, uh, yeah. This was a bad loss. It was a one-week loss, uh, and the progress that this team has made. People forget. People forget, Paul. Th- this is a rebuild from the depths of despair, and we're in year number two <laughs> of the rebuild. There, there's going to be setbacks. It's going to happen. Texas is a dangerous team. Bijan Robinson is an incredible running back. Four touchdowns, 243 yards on the ground. And I'll, where I will be completely frank and honest is that the Kansas defense is atrocious. It has been all year. 
they've been able to get takeaways in previous games, but they can't stop anybody. And when you've got a guy who could very easily be, I don't know, a top 10, top five pick in the NFL draft and B. John Robinson running all over you. Yeah, you're going to give up a ton of yards when you when, when the defense is at the caliber that Kansas's defense is. But this this is not a crossroads by any means. It's one game. This is a Jayhawks team that is going to a bowl game for the first time in 15 years, and the rebuild is absolutely on track, regardless of what we saw on Saturday. Not so fast, my friend. Did you catch that? You, did you? Jazz, Jazz kind of giggling. He kind of liked that. Not so fast, my friend, because when you look at at this season, six and five. Yeah, yeah. The, for KU, that's not bad. Kansas State coming up. Do they win that game? Come on. They hadn't won more than three games in a season in the last fifteen years. It's more than not bad. It's it's remarkable. If they lose to Kansas State, Tommy, if they lose to Kansas State this coming weekend. That means they will have lost six out of their last seven games. They're back to old form. Hello, no, hello. This no, is sort of a two-part. No. Se- this is a two-part season for the University of Kansas, and I get no joy out of this. I want KU even and if State they to lose. be great. No, even if they lose to Kansas State, which I, you know, that that's definitely on the table in Manhattan on Saturday. You ask anybody inside that program or even outside that program, if at the beginning of the season you would have taken six and six and going to a bowl game, everybody would have said. <laughs> Absolutely, we would have. Uh, you're missing my point, Tommy. My point is, it's not it's not the overall season. Man, I was on the KU bandwagon right up until the TCU loss. I was on that bandwagon. I was riding it along right with you and enjoying every moment of it because I love Kansas, uh, the state of Kansas, and I want KU and K-State to both be great at all sports. That's what I want. But when you go six and one over the course of the second half of the season, six and one. No, no, I'm sorry. One and six. Let me get that straight. One and six. When that happens, Tommy, there's something going on. What is it? There's something going on it, that needs to be redressed. Listen, KU has a chance to, 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 to beat K-State. I don't think there's any question about that. I'd agree with that. You would agree, agree with that. I think there's no question. I don't think it's likely. But if KU loses that game to Kansas State, that means they will have gone one and six in the second half of the season. It's like we had two different seasons. It's like we had a season that 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 was like last year part of the season, the second half of the season, and that other part of the season where man ranked in the top twenty. Man, things are going great. You got you got a game of two undefeateds when you play TCU, two undefeated football team. And then, and then from there on, it's downhill. Listen, there's some readjustments that have to be made. And that, to me, that's starting with the mentality of this football team. I'm sorry. I don't know that it has to do with, with the physical side as much as it does. Just how do you get these young men out of the rut? How do you get them out of that downward spiral? Well, that's what coaches are for, and we'll just see how this works out. But will I be surprised if KU wins? No, I won't be surprised if KU beats K-State. Won't be surprised because they do have skills and they're upgraded in every position. But then that's going to send us to the bowl game. And it won't be much of a bowl. It'll be a bowl that I've never heard of. That's where they're – That's what doesn't matter. Gonna, huh? doesn't matter. No, it doesn't because – doesn't matter. What you're right. You're right because they're going to have all that extra practice tr- time. They'll get better. There's There are so many advantages to being in a bowl game for the University of Kansas. In fact, Kansas may be the team in America – that receives the most advantages 
uh, in terms of practice, of competition, of, of rebranding, of restarting a season. This is all about the next season. Uh, Kansas may receive more benefit from a bowl than any team in the country, and I mean that. I think it's it's absolutely fair to find the silver linings in this entire season, and there have been plenty of them. For a program that was in the complete cellar of not just the conference but in America, uh, I think it's okay to find some of these silver linings. For instance, the fact that this Jayhawks team is assured to not finish in last place in the Big 12. Well, they're geez. not going to. Jeez. They're not going to. Well, thank you. That, for I mean, that silver that, that's a, lining. That's for a God's silver, sake. It's a silver lining. That's a silver Another lining. Another silver lining. They're assured to not have a losing season. That is a silver lining. Uh, the fact that they were ranked in the top 25 at one point this season for the first time in 15 years, that's a silver lining. The fact that they were able to defeat Big 12 opponents on the road, that, that's a silver lining. The fact that they are able to go to a bowl game, regardless if it's a bowl game that nobody's ever heard of, that's a silver lining. So I feel like, yeah, you have a dud of an effort on senior day in Lawrence. It's the the game that um, Jayhawks fans were hoping that they never saw again, where their team gets blown out. It happened. Uh, I think all it does for me is it just as a reminder that, all right, the, the rebuild continues. This is not a top-tier football team at this point, but I think it could be. I think it could be down the road. I think it could be if the culture continues to, to be put into place by Lance Leipold, if they can keep him there. Uh, I absolutely think that, that that can happen. But I think that it's okay to look at the game that we saw on Saturday in a little bit of a vacuum and say, yeah, that was a bad outing. That was a bad outing at home. But in no way, shape, or form, in my mind, and maybe I am wearing rose-colored glasses, and I'll admit that, but in no way, shape, or form, in my mind, does this change my perception or my opinion of where this program was to where this program is to where this program is hopefully going. All right. Well, there's two games left. You got Kansas State. You got the no-name bowl game that you're going to be playing in. You got two games left to get this thing turned around. And that's a lot. By the way, that's a lot of football left to play. And I'm not even concerned that, that they win these last two games. And by the way, uh, your point about a, a winning record, if they lose to K-State and they lose in the bowl game, it will be a losing record. It'll be a six and, it'll be a six and seven uh, season. And so it would be a losing season. I don't want that to happen, for guys' sakes. You've got to win one of these two games if you're the University of Kansas. I think it's important for the state of Kansas to have KU as good as K-State has been and is this year. It's important. We want that. So this is a restart. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I am not off the, the Leipold bandwagon. In fact, I'm on it. I think this is a challenge that he and his staff will take head on. I believe they understand exactly what you and I have talked about. In fact, they're having conversations and coaches' meetings right now about this very fact is that we have to look at K-State and the bowl game as a restart, a restart of our season. We're going to start over, we're going to regather, and we're going to again display the love of the football of the of this game of football that we've we've had up until we started playing TCU and then went on that that five and or that one and five streak that we're in right now. Texas, don't ever touch touch it again. We're not bringing ourselves back to that. 
We're starting fresh. And if K-State does that, I'm bullish. I mean, KU does that. I'm bullish on their ability to be competitive. I'm not saying they'll beat K-State, Tommy. I'm saying they'll be competitive. I want to well, see competitive. Look, you, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned before that you wouldn't be surprised if Kansas can beat Kansas State. And I'm a KU guy. I would be surprised if Kansas beats K-State in Manhattan in the Sunflower Showdown and knowing what Bijan Robinson just did to the Kansas defense and Kansas State has Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddens and have, they have the potential to run all over the Kansas defense. So yeah, I would be surprised if Kansas wins this game this weekend. Um, but I think that what's important is to not have a repeat of 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 Saturday to not ha- to not let it get out Boy, of hand that's right. very quickly. Yes, that sir. that's the biggest priority in my mind yeah. is to not let it get out of hand yeah. uh, early in Manhattan. And and uh, I feel like so the defense was atrocious against the Longhorns. On top of that, I think a concern is the overall health and status of the quarterbacks at Kansas. Jalen Daniels, yeah, he played for the first time since that TCU game on Saturday. He didn't look right. That's didn't right. Look it didn't right look right for good. a lot of the game. That's right. It didn't look right. Uh, Jason Bean was banged up uh, and uh, and got limited snaps in that game. So depending on how this week goes, I've got real concerns about the health and the status of the Kansas quarterbacks. And then the other point that I want to bring up and I want to I want to make as we're talking about the overall landscape of this Jayhawks program, there's been something lingering out there for a long time. And you kind of led with it when we came into this segment talking about the University of Wisconsin. I'm not concerned about Wisconsin, but I think there's a part of me that looks at Nebraska and what does Nebraska want to do with Lance Leipold, if anything, after the season. This has been lingering for a long time. I, I wonder if the if it's cooled off a little bit with what we've seen from the Jayhawks over the last couple of weeks. But I also think that because this is lingering somewhat to the fan base, there's that question about, yeah, we've seen progress in the rebuild. Will we continue to see progress? And can we keep Lance Leipold as our coach? I think that's a real thing, and I hope that that gets answered sooner rather than later. Well, I don't think you have to worry about it now. I mean, at this at this point, uh, there's 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 still. If there was a question about getting him, there 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 could be a question about getting him. I guess in the second half of this season, you know, what's this all about? This this is this is a concerning streak and turn down of the KU Jayhawks. And and I I think right now you're going to see talk of Lance Leipold leaving KU at this point. Uh, you know, it's going to slow down. In fact, it may die out. I don't think Lance Leipold's going to be looked at on a lot. I mean, it's just, it's just human nature. And besides that, right now, if you're Lance Leipold, do you want to leave KU right now with, with unfinished business? with business that could be finished and you're close to finish it and you're close to getting this thing where you want it and you're close to having having inroads into recruiting and you got your NIL working well and you got guys you know making commercials and you're going to get players to come to the years do you want that i think i think at this point if you're Lance Leipold your worth as a coach and i'm talking about monetarily speaking for other jobs is still is still in the future because of this down downturn you know show us that you can turn around and win a couple of games at the end of this season, and they'll start banging on the door again for your services at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. I'm just using those as examples. Uh, but, you know, I can certainly see where that could happen. You know, just the way it is. But, by the way, Nebraska, who wants that job, for guys' sakes? 
Uh, I certainly don't know of a lot of people that probably would. Uh, that's going to be really interesting to it see is. how that all pans out. But at least in the near future, we've got the Sunflower Showdown this Saturday in Manhattan. The Wildcats are riding high right now. The Jayhawks, not so much. It's going to be an interesting matchup in primetime on point? Fox. Uh, I don't. I haven't looked at the points. It's got to oh. be more than a touchdown favorite oh, for, uh, for sakes, Kansas State. Be, it could be. I, it could be easily double double digits. I, I really yeah, think it could uh, be double digits. Well, I'll check on that on the uh, during the break, and we'll we'll bring that back when we I, come back. I feel and a of side bet coming. Uh, you never know. Uh, we'll talk about that after the break. Also, recap everything else in the world of college football. Coming up next on Sports Daily. All right, Paul, I checked during the break, and the Wildcats are a 12-point favorite for the Sunflower Showdown on Saturday, according to BetMGM. Well, you like that number? That you makes, feel like it could be more? Well, I feel like it could be 14 and a half without any problem. I mean, I really do. I mean, but but no, no, I get it. I was sure it had to be in the double digits, though, Tommy. I mean, no offense to your KU Jayhawks, but uh, I really felt like it was going to probably be double bit, uh, double digits. Yeah, I'm not sure on that number of uh, 12. I, I don't know if I would take that as of right now. Um, I don't know if I don't know if the Jayhawks can cover that with what we saw um, on Saturday from both teams. What Kansas State can do offensively and the way that KU struggles defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I don't know if I would feel comfortable taking a 12 point cover as it stands right now. Well, I guess the two or three things I would consider i'm going to throw these out to you and you can consider them if not streak with that's going on for both teams one's good one's bad where is this game being played manhattan that's another thing that i would yeah. certainly look at as 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 a reason as to maybe go ahead and, and give the points and and the motivation is there for kansas state to to win and win big to right. make it into the big 12 title game to handle their business like well, it's there's a lot more on the line for kansas state than there is for Kansas yeah. right now. Yeah. They've accomplished their goals. They're going to a bowl game. Right. So they, they're playing with house money right now. Right. Well, um, I mean, KU can play spoiler against their rival, but I don't know it, the way, where it stands right now with uh, that, that line. I'm not sure I'm confident that Kansas can cover that. Right. Well, the best scenario that I under, if my understanding is correct, uh, Sugar Bowl, not there with a loss to KU. That's, that's my yeah. understanding that knocks them out of, you know, one of those big time, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm talking the, the big time bowls. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of motivation. I mean, you're playing at home. You're playing the last home game of the season. You're playing your rival. Uh, you got the Sugar Bowl. We think the Sugar Bowl on the line. Man, there's a lot to play for if you're K if you're K uh, State for KU. Well, what are the, you playing yeah. for? You you've got to right. get that sense that it's us. It's it's us against the world. That's the sense that you got to get back. That's what you're going to play for. You're not playing for glory. You're playing for yourself. You're playing for your teammates. And that's kind of how I would read that particular situation. That gives advantage to me, at least in the way that I think it gives advantage to Kansas State. But I think Kansas State's a better football team, Tommy. Yeah, what, one other big thing for Kansas State in this game is they'll know exactly what they need, if anything, by the time kickoff happens on Saturday night. They need Texas to lose. If Texas loses, 
then it doesn't matter what happens in the Sunflower Showdown. Texas is at home back in Austin against your Baylor Bears, Paul, at 11 o'clock in the morning. So that game will be over with by the time the Sunflower Showdown happens and the, the Wildcats will know exactly where things stand. We have a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, before we take our final break, a couple of quick things in the college football world. You sent this to me, Paul, thought it was uh, uh, noteworthy. South Carolina upsets Tennessee 63-38. to The number nine ranked volunteers lose Hendon Hooker to a torn ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. And the former Oklahoma Sooner Spencer Rattler throws for six touchdown passes in South Carolina's upset on Saturday. Well, that's interesting. And the reason I bring that up is because I'm no fan of Spencer Rattler. Uh, those those going back to his high school days. You ever see on Netflix they had a deal called quarterbacks, and and they yeah were, absolutely yeah. And, and do you remember Spencer Rattler and his segment with uh, Arizona? Yeah, I believe it's a Phoenix area uh, uh, high school. He was a jerk. He wasn't a very good teammate. He certainly wasn't a best friend to his best friend. Supposedly, you know I. And then he goes to OU, and then he pouts when he gets pulled for Malik Williams. I mean. I mean, what is what is ingratiating about Spencer Rattler? Would you please tell me? Well, I mean, I, I certainly didn't care for him when he was at Oklahoma, and I had forgotten that he even went to South Carolina. I mean, they're not a great football <laughs> team. Uh, so I had forgotten that's that funny. he was even there. Yeah. And then he throws six touchdown passes to upset Tennessee. So right. that's definitely interesting. The other question uh, in the college football world that you wanted to chat about real quick, what in the world is happening at College Station with Texas A&M? Jimbo Fisher, the Aggies win a game, but it certainly looks uninspired down there. Oh, my gosh. And remember all the big controversy and the fight that he and Luce, uh, 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 Nick Saban are in? I mean, yeah. you, you, you remember that at the beginning of the year? Well, you know, you can only get into a fight with Nick Saban if you have something to play with. And you look at that halftime against uh, – uh, who were they playing? I forgot who they were playing. But anyway, the uh, state, they were – Mississippi, now, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss, Ole Miss. And you yeah. look at the stadium. And at halftime, it's three quarters empty. That's yeah. not the Brian, uh, uh, the, the Brian Field that I know. The, the, that's not the Texas A&M Stadium I know. I've played there. It's the greatest place to play in all of America. The toughest place to play. And I just can't believe that it's that it's what's going on there. That place was literally empty in the second half. Yeah. Unbelievable. What's going on well, at it, Texas A&M? Uh, it was a wild weekend in the world of college football, that's for sure. We're going to take our final break, come back, and I'll tell you what's on tap coming up later today. It's Sports Daily on KFH.